0: You are listening to Choose Health, Episode 5, Planning for Pregnancy with Type 1. In this episode, I'm talking about what you can do to prepare for a healthy Type 1 pregnancy. What are some clinical guidelines that should be followed prior to starting to try for a baby? What should you focus on in the weeks and months leading up to your pregnancy? Should you change your diet, switch to an insulin pump, On today's show, I'm talking about what is within our control. What can you learn and do in order to feel confident that you are as healthy as can be before you become pregnant? So, if you, like me, are planning on bringing a sweet little babe into this world, all while managing your type 1 diabetes, you'll want to listen to today's episode. Although a pregnancy with type 1 is a touch more complex than a quote-unquote regular pregnancy, it can be done and done well. So, ready to learn a thing or two? Let's go. Welcome to Choose Health, the podcast hosted by Dr. Anne-Marie MacDonald, covering a range of topics like health exercise, nutrition, and type 1 diabetes, the weekly podcast aims to inspire and empower you to choose health every day and live a healthy and active life with or without type 1 diabetes. Hi everyone. I've been wanting to write a blog or share a podcast on pregnancy planning for a while now, partly because it's information that is useful for me as I prepare for a type 1 pregnancy, but also because it's information that isn't readily accessible. It's hard enough to find evidence-based information about pregnancy planning if you don't have type 1 diabetes. And so if, like me, you are planning to become pregnant or if you are already pregnant, Here is a detailed episode on all things pregnancy related, from how to manage your blood sugars to what to eat, which vitamins to take, when and how to exercise, and what medical guidelines to follow, all before you conceive. The goal is to improve obstetrical outcomes for women with pre-existing diabetes. What does that mean? Basically have a healthy baby and an uncomplicated pregnancy and delivery ready? Let's jump right in. Number one, know your cycle. It's amazing how little some women know about their menstrual cycle. They have their period, it's regular or not, and they might have mood swings and other premenstrual symptoms. But if you asked when they are most fertile or what they can do to ensure a regular cycle, they might blank. And it's not their fault. Many of us don't have adequate ed- education around women's health, and even our endocrinologists don't always share their management strategies for the changes that occur in blood sugars throughout the cycle. So get familiar with your cycle and your type 1 trends. Start by downloading an app, for instance, or taking pen to paper to see. One, are you regular? How many days apart are your periods? Two, do you have similar symptoms from mood changes to breast soreness to stubborn high blood sugars when you're premenstrual? Three, how, if at all, do you change your insulin management during this time? You likely will find yourself more resistant to insulin as your progesterone levels rise in the luteal phase in the days leading up to your period and that you are more sensitive to insulin in your follicular phase or after your menses. Knowing your cycle is key to becoming pregnant. You want to focus on the handful of days before you ovulate, since sperm can survive for up to five days. That's right, five days within the female reproductive tract. Number two, reach a target HbA1c of under 7%. Or ideally under 6.5. There are a few key strategies here. You can aim to work on your diet, you can include more activity that boosts your insulin sensitivity, or perhaps switch your insulin delivery method. I've slowly been lowering my A1C by lowering my range on my Dexcom From the default 11.1 to 8 or 9 and also being more comfortable sitting at 3.8 or 4 rather than treating it right away. I have been treating a low blood sugar with exactly 15 grams, unless of course it's an overnight low and that's a whole other story. But I have been treating a low blood sugar during the day with 15 grams and it is hard, I know. I watch my insulin to carb ratios, and I also am resetting my basal rates. It's definitely worth it. Right now, I'm sitting pretty at six. Interestingly, there has been some recent research from last fall, so from fall of 2018, that showed that insulin pumps were actually less effective than MDI, or multiple daily injections, for type ones during pregnancy. The pump users in that study were actually found to have higher rates of high blood pressure. Their newborns had more low blood sugars and NICU visits. Sometimes pump users, though, have a higher starting A1c, or they might have more challenging, whatever that means, diabetes. Does that mean that pumps should not be used during pregnancy? Of course not. It does does mean, though, that different insulin delivery methods can be discussed with your care provider so that you can find one that works best for you during your pregnancy. There are, of course, many advantages to pump therapy, and I'm quite excited to still be on a pump when I do get pregnant. Number three, stop taking certain medications. Stop taking any medications that can potentially harm the fetus, including angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, angiotensin receptor blockers, as well as statins. Number four, eat a balanced diet. You ideally want to be eating a healthy and balanced diet. Plenty of whole plant-based foods is my recent go-to. More recent recommendations want you to supplement your diet with multivitamins, recommending that you take in at least 1 mg of folic acid at least 3 months pre-conception and continuing until at least 12 weeks of gestation, so 3 months along. There are many different options for prenatal multivitamins. Also choose foods with higher levels of folate, like dark green, leafy vegetables, and legumes. What about wine preconception and during pregnancy? Because there is insufficient evidence to define any threshold for low-level drinking in pregnancy, abstinence is the prudent choice for a woman who is or might become pregnant. That's in quotes from a recent Um, peer-reviewed study. Number five, maintain a healthy weight. It is best to become pregnant when you have healthy behaviors and thus a healthy weight. The healthier you are pre-pregnancy, the easier the pregnancy will be and the healthier you and your baby will be once he or she is born. If you are overweight, aim to lose weight before you become pregnant. Focusing on a healthy and high quality diet as well as a consistent exercise routine. Number six, check in with your doctor about any diabetes complications. If you have any diabetes complications, whether that's related to your eyes or your kidneys, definitely be sure to have them assessed and optimized before attempting to become pregnant. So that yearly eye doctor appointment that you've been putting off, book it. You'll want your thyroid levels checked as well for good measure. Number seven, start and or continue an exercise routine. Pregnancy and childbirth is a physical and of course mental, spiritual, you name it, endeavor the stronger you are prior to pregnancy, the easier it will be to manage the nine months and the physical feat of birthing a child. If you are inactive, start with the small amounts of exercise. Aim to walk more, for instance, or take the stairs more often. Add in some strength training to work your muscles and improve your insulin sensitivity. As a side note, I'll be posting a dedicated blog on exercise and pregnancy, so stay tuned. I'll also be sharing my pregnancy workouts once I'm pregnant on my social media. I believe in staying active throughout my entire pregnancy. That said, I've heard that it can be quite challenging, especially in the first trimester, to be active. So I will be sharing an honest review, or rather an honest experience of having type 1 and being pregnant. Number eight, consider the use of a continuous glucose monitor. So if you don't have a CGM, then definitely consider starting one. Current recommendations are for women to consider the use of a CGM to improve blood sugars as well as to reduce neonatal complications. I've been on a Dexcom for the last four years and it definitely has changed my life. Number nine, be aware of your own natural fertility. We talked a bit about fertility windows, the few days leading up to and including your ovulation day, but we didn't talk much yet about your overall fertility. There is an age-related decline in natural fertility for both women and men. Of course, this decline happens at a much younger age for women. Here are a few key points to know if, like me, you're over 30 and no longer in your peak fertility window. So number one, women who are over 35 should be referred for an infertility workup after six months of trying to conceive, compared to the 12 months if you are under 35. Number two, your healthcare provider will consider testing your ovarian reserve if you have risk factors for decreased ovarian reserve. So here we're talking about potentially having a single ovary or previous ovarian surgery or chemotherapy or radiation, for example. Number three, preconception counseling regarding the risks of pregnancy with, with advanced maternal age should be considered for women who are over 40. There you have it, all the key points about preparing to become pregnant when living with type one. Oh, and although not directly included in most clinical guidelines, it's also very important to be living a balanced and low stress life. Your body knows when you are stressed and you want to make sure that you are ready to grow your little babe in the healthiest environment. So work hard on lowering your stress go for mindful walks or schedule in meetups with supportive friends and family to make sure that you are in a good spot for a healthy pregnancy. Now, two quick additions that I have yet to update on my blog. One point is to focus on your mental health. After all, you will be tested time and time again when you are pregnant since you will have to watch your numbers incredibly closely. Once I'm pregnant, I'll be sure to write blogs and share other podcasts on my diabetes strategies. I don't think it'll be easy, but I know that it can be done. The second item relates to resources. There are many great resources for pregnancy if you don't have type 1. The list really is endless, but far fewer for us living with type 1. Two books that are often recommended that I'd like to share with you today are Pregnancy with Type 1 Diabetes, Your Month-to-Month Guide to Blood Sugar Management, and that's written by Ginger Vieira and Jennifer Smith. And the second book is called Balancing Pregnancy with Pre-Existing Diabetes, written by Cheryl Judith Alkin. That's A-L-K-O-N. So, after listening to today's episode, let me know, did I miss anything? You can either leave a comment in my podcast, or on my blog. You can also leave a comment or DM me on social media. I'm at SweetRunMD. Next week, I'll be talking about trying to make the transition to hashtag more Tune in if you are thinking of going vegan or vegetarian or, like me, simply making more and more meals with items other than meat or dairy products. I'm being realistic, and I know that for me, it's important to make small changes in order to be successful. I'll share my journey with you thus far, and a few strategies to help you make the switch too. Hope to see you then. Catch you later. In closing, if you are enjoying these podcasts, please do leave a review, a comment, and or share with friends. Thank you so much for the love. Thank you for listening to Choose Health. Be sure to subscribe to receive notifications when new episodes are posted. See you next week.